If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only adam ripon i'm here i'm behind i'm in, on the other side of the velvet rope this time Listen, Adam, if you know, if anyone knows about being behind the velvet rope, it's you. I mean, now you have stars on Mars. I know. Can you believe that they sent me to Mars? I can't. I mean, I, 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 I cannot, but listen, like you've won an Olymp, you've won Olympic medals. You've won many competitions. You have a mirror ball trophy. What goes through your mind, your team's mind, when you're just minding your own business and the phone rings and it's Fox and it's like, well, listen, we want you to go to space or at least a simulated space. And, you know, here we go. We're going to send you to Red Planet. Like what goes through your mind when you get this call? Um. Well, OK, so I got a call maybe like a year ago where they said, would you like to do this show where like you would pretend to join the Marines and you'd have to go like through Marine training. And I was like, "Mm, I think I'd rather join the real Marines than actually do that on TV. That sounds horrible. And then this year um, I got asked if I wanted to go to Mars and I went, okay, that's more what sounds like me is going to outer space. And it felt like it was going to be really fun. It was like the simulation of Mars. Um, So I had no idea what to expect, but it just sounded like, okay, this this will be fun. You had no reservations with this, you know, this whole thing. No, I'm ready to leave Earth. Special forces, Mars. I get it. Well, look, I mean, I've seen the set, you know, I mean, I read somewhere it took like months and months to complete. Like, what was your first reaction to just kind of getting there to the simulated set and adjusting to life at base camp? So when we got there, the base camp looks like, you know, it reminded me of like being at an Olympic training center before. So it's like very camp vibes. And, you know, we got out there, we did our first mission and it was completely chaotic. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, okay, it's, it was much harder than I thought. But then I saw clips of it and I was shocked at how unreal this footage looks. It looks like the best space movie I've ever seen. It really, like all the money they put in was so well worth it for the visuals that like everybody's going to see. Because we really haven't seen anything. I've just seen like raw footage of what was happening um but that footage is like unbelievable well in true fox fashion this is a reality tv show competition which fox is great at look you're competing to be the brightest star in the galaxy i mean you know 
you are no stranger to a competition having started training very young. Like, did your, I mean, are you a real competitor or am I just giving you this backstory? I would imagine out of the people there, you're one of the more competitive ones. You know, I always think that I'm not competitive until I get into a competitive environment. And then I turn into this like monster that I don't recognize that I should recognize that I've lived with because I am that monster. And I think that, you know, in my sport, I was like an individual athlete. And in this competition, there's a real team aspect of like you're working together. So it's a different dynamic than I'm used to, like as a competitor, um, even like dancing with the stars where it's like, you know, it's just it's you you're on a team, but it's just the the two of you and you have to do your performance. And, you know, that performance is what it is. And this is definitely it was a little bit different. And when I say a little bit, it was totally different. But I was still, yeah, I am competitive. Eh. You, you, your secret safe here with me. Thank you. What, like, did who shocked you the most out of your fellow contestants? Like, did someone stand out and shock you the most? Um, I think, like, to no shock that the other athletes on the show were fantastic. Um, but I was really impressed with Tinashe. She was so great. She does. She is like such a. Um, She's very competitive. She's quiet, but she's um, deadly. Quiet, but deadly. What about, what was it like being there with Portia Williams? I mean, it was like being in heaven. It was like being on Mars. Um, We've never met before, Portia and I. And we, I was like, you know what? I think we're going to hit it off. And we did. She's one of my favorite, favorite people. I mean, how can you not love Portia? She's so, she's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Are you a reality TV fan? Like, do you watch Real Housewives? Do you watch other reality TV? So I watched a little of The Housewives. Like, I saw one really slow season of Beverly Hills. And I've always been like, I need to watch Atlanta. I need to watch Atlanta. I've never watched it, which is, I know I should log off now and never speak to anyone again. But I'm not going to do that because now I know Portia. But now I also know that I've missed critical American television. Critical American television. Well, I mean, you know, you also have Tom Schwartz there in the midst of this scandal. I mean, was he able to be left alone and just compete in the competition with everyone else? I mean, we didn't see in the trailer. I think him and Portia have a moment with like fellow Bravo. And I think he's just expecting people to bring up the scandal. Well, I think lucky for Tom that like nobody had nobody was really in on the scandal. I yes. Have I seen Vanderpump rules of course I'm only human but I haven't seen it and I was like okay I need to start watching the season and I never got around to it because then I went to space so I didn't really know what was going on I think for Tom it was probably like a good escape to get away go to Mars recollect recollect come out into the world fresh right well, look, I mean, speaking of your own career, like when you look back, you've done so much. I mean, now you are on Mars, stars on Mars, and you've done so much in media and entertainment. Like when you look back to like the Olympics and your own training, like does that seem, I mean, it wasn't like that long ago. I mean, does that just seem like another lifetime to you or do you just have? It feels like that's a totally different person. And it wasn't that long ago, but it was five years ago, which sounds insane, but a lot can happen in five years. And that version of me, I mean, it's still, I'm still myself, I'm still me, but like, it feels a total lifetime ago. I can't imagine 
living that life of like that elite athlete. Um, and I'm so, and I loved it. I loved that life, but I love what I do now. And I feel like, you know, everything I did before helped prepare me to like live in this entertainment world now. Did you have a plan for after the Olympics? And, you know, like a lot of athletes that then go to the Olympics, you know, eventually just it's one of those businesses where obviously you age out and there's many other things you can do. But like, what was your plan if this whole media? And because I mean, I'm sure you didn't plan on all of this. No, I one, I didn't plan on going to Mars. I didn't plan on going on Dancing with the Stars. I, I didn't have a plan, David. You have to believe me. I really just went into the Olympics and when I went in and I knew that it would be my one and only competitive opportunity. And I said, I'm just going to enjoy it in the best way that I can. I've always loved entertaining people. I've always been like outspoken. I've always loved being in front of a camera. And for my whole life, I did that through skating. And then when I was at the Olympics, it was the first time that I was asked to do things that had nothing to do with skating. And it just opened up all of these doors. And it just, I felt like I was right at home. And so I'm so grateful that those doors were open. Um, and as long as they keep opening, I, I wanna stay involved. Like this is really where I feel like this is where I shine the brightest. Were you shocked? I mean, like, you know, first of all, you're such a great role model. I mean, as a fellow member of the LGBTQIA community myself, like you're such a great role model. Like, were you shocked at like the reception to you at the Olympics? You know, you were the first U.S. person to win a medal, you know, and what is the state today in sports of like, you know, coming out? You just always hear so many different stories. Um, While I was at the Olympics, I really had no sort of concept like, yes, I could see on my phone that, like, there was a lot of attention. But while I was there, like, you're in this bubble. And it really wasn't until I came back that I, not even when I came back, I think, like, it was in the, like, in the few years that followed that I have started to feel like, oh, wow, like, that was a big deal. <laughs> you know, when you're in that sports world, it's just like your, your goals are so limited not even limited but it's just like you have one one goal and it's to make it to the olympics to win a medal and and you you're so focused on on that and i told myself that i was just i wasn't going to worry about what happened next i wasn't going to focus on anything else except what i needed to get done and um even though i was like a clown idiot on tv when i was doing interviews with everyone um, at the Olympics, I was still getting my job done, like as an athlete. And so I, I, I still think like when I think back one, I think being an Olympian is the craziest thing anybody could ever want to do. You truly have like a few minutes to show like your whole career to the whole world. And yeah, it's just, it's very, it's wild. Like it's, it's very wild because now I've gone and I've worked at um, two Olympics so far. I worked at the ones in Tokyo and at the ones in Beijing. And when I see the athletes now from my own point of view, I'm like, do you guys know how insane it is what you're doing?
I'll admit it, as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Microdosing. I mean, I never thought I would be someone who was saying, hello, I've kind of seen the light. I told you guys a few weeks ago, I just moved into my new summer house and I've been unpacking and I've been so stressed out and I never thought I would turn to, I'm just, I've never really been into the gummy culture, to be honest with you, but I just need a little something to take the edge off. And that's when a good friend told me to try microdose gummies. What I love about microdose gummies is they have all different doses. So they actually have entry-level doses of THC that personally help me feel just the right amount of relaxed. I don't need anything more than an entry-level dose. And for me personally, it helps me focus on the moment. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about all the other things I need to do on this new place. Just helps me chill out. But I have friends that also use microdose gummies for sleep, pain, even workout and recovery. There's so many uses. So listen, microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code VELVETROPE to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code VELVETROPE, for 30% off. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine it. So congrats on all of that. And I don't, I think it's got to be a hard life just to get there and to be there. And it's, you know, it's a lot of dedication. Speaking of dedication, you did win the Mirror Ball Trophy. How does, I mean, how does that compare to this? Like, was this Stars on Mars as difficult? I mean, winning a Mirror Ball Trophy, I have spoken to many, many people that have come through the Dancing with the Stars regime, and they all say the same thing about how difficult it is. Yeah, you don't really, like, the Dancing with the Stars was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but, you know, there's a few little things that, like, make that experience a little bit more palatable. And I think one of those is that, like, you know, you aren't being filmed 24 hours a day. You aren't being put in this living situation with 12 strangers. And that, I mean, that is really, really intense. And I think for a lot of the people that went to Mars, that was the most intense part about it. Like, yes, it was way more physically demanding than I thought it was going to be. But the biggest component was like the emotional component of knowing that you're being filmed the whole time and you're with all of these new faces and it's um it's a lot like when I finally came home from we filmed in Australia sorry to spoil that illusion that I've been keeping um but when I came back I slept for like three days like straight and I was like okay my nervous system was shot 
Wow. I mean, it's, you know, it's like going into the big brother house. It's, you know, you're 24 seven. Do you have any desires to go? I mean, you know, dancing with the stars, stars on Mars. I mean, should we go down the list? Do you have any other reality TV competition aspirations here? No, no. Survivor. Uh, uh-uh. I can't even think I, I, big brother. I think we were there for about a month and it isn't big brother, like 60 days. I think it's even more if you make it to the end. It's yeah, like, I think call like, it. Yeah, I'm gonna call it. I'm not going. You would be away plus days because I was thinking like you know Love Island. I I watched like my first UK season of Love Island not too long ago, and I was I can tell you that that's what I spent 65 hours of my life watching because there were like 60 plus episodes. And I was like, oh, my God, they're really there for two months. Like, this is an every day. They're showing every day. And when we were filming this show, I was like, oh, my God, like, I I could do it physically, but I don't think that I'd ever do it willingly. You'd be away from home. I mean, out of all that you've done in your media career, one thing that stands out, a guilty pleasure of mine is messiness. I mean, how fun was that to work with like Snooki and Tori Spelling? I mean, one, it doesn't get really any better than working with Nicole and with Tori. Um, they're just some of the best people I've ever worked with. They're both so nice. They're so funny. And messiness was just so easy. We just had such a great, we had such we had such fun filming that show and we had such a great camaraderie between all of us. So I just, I always loved filming messiness and it's like my favorite kind of show to just put on in the background, which is, you know, that's sometimes you just need that. You just need like something that's soothing. It was so great. Well, I learned this from reading your book, which I never really knew until I read your book. You met your husband on Tinder. Like, why aren't you like one of the national spokespeople for Tinder? I mean, I can't think of that many people in the public eye that just openly that I know that have met their spouse on Tinder. I'm sure there's more, but you are, I think, the only one I can think of. Yeah. I mean, I did my first brand deal with them not too long ago, but I felt like, wow, it took them a long time to catch on to what I had caught on to um but yeah we met on tinder so i was actually this was before the olympics and um i was at a competition in finland obviously i was incredibly focused i was on tinder while i was at this competition of course i mean that's the first thing you got to do when you arrive somewhere right well you just think in your mind like what if i find a european husband i didn't know i would but you know it's just that's the first question that you might think if you're on tinder in europe what I could be attached to this continent somehow. And um, we matched, but we never met. And somehow we just kept communication up. And then it wasn't until maybe like six months later that we actually met in person for the first time. Wow. And that was what type of couple? Do you guys go out a lot? Like, what do you do in your spare time when you're not on Mars? No, we're so boring. We have, um, that's, can you see our dog? He's yeah. right there, he's asleep. Yeah, we have a dog. Um, yeah, we love to stay home and we love to have our friends over. Um, JP is a really good cook. So we love to like make dinners for our friends. I always say we, I don't help. Like <laughs> I should, but we do love to have everybody over and entertain people. And that's our favorite thing to do. You're like, let me open the wine. That counts as helping. A hundred percent. Is there a part of this business, like, because, you know, I said, like, you messiness, you wrote a book, Stars on Mars, like, is there a part of this business that like, you haven't done that you still want to try in 
the media business? I think that I'd like to do more like comedic acting. Um, you know, I love like the comedy space. Um, but so far, I've just done a lot of things that are, you know, live television or roundtables or a reality show. Um, and I think I'd love to do more of that like comedic work. Um, I, you know, I love that. I have a lot of really good comedy friends. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's something that I would love to pursue. Well, keeping it in the Fox family for a minute, I mean, have you heard from Miss Britney Spears since you named this tune in one note? I know I'm homosexual who names one note Britney Spears song. I How, saw that. I also saw it and I thought this is the most important tweet I've ever read on Twitter. I saw and, you post that. Yes. Yeah. And I was being honest and earnest. Um, has she reached out to me? No, but I have seen her Instagram and she seems quite busy. So I understand. She's a little busy. I mean, I think like I got it, but I think I only got it because I knew that it was Britney Spears and I knew you were guessing it, but I never saw it until I saw the clip. And I'm like, would I have gotten this if I didn't yes, know it was Britney? You would have, because they cut out, I get a clue. So you get a clue before you have to name the tune. And so Obviously, from the clue, I don't remember what it was, but you, I, we're looking eye to eye. You would have gotten this. I guarantee it. It's less impressive, but the way that they put this together, I look like a savant. You just look like a homosexual who knows Britney Spears very well. Not even a. Uh, I look like homosexual. Not the, not a, uh, just homosexual. And that's how I refer to myself now from going forward I mean who who sent that tweet like I mean I'll have to go look and find it like it, you could see who sent the tweet I do, so people were replying who were seemingly offended that they were like that's like that's Adam Rippon that's not just a homosexual and I went no it is just a homosexual so a lot of people who I appreciate were um trying to defend my name and um, I just felt like I had to set the record straight and be like, it's not worth this fight. We're you're in this like, together. This was for us. You're like, give it up, people. Yeah. Do you get starstruck? You know, like when you meet someone, like have you ever had a starstruck experience or are you just over it at this point, being in the business and working nonstop? I think I don't really get starstruck. I think the only time I ever felt like oh, this is what it feels like to feel starstruck where you don't know what to say to this person was when I met Hillary Clinton. And that was the first time where I was like, oh my God, I'm starstruck. So I feel like that's a good person to be starstruck by. That's a good one. Brittany, Hillary Clinton, those are great ones. Yes. What, did you learn anything from about yourself from being on this Stars on Mars? Like you've done so many competitions in your skating life, dancing with the stars, but did you learn anything about yourself? I think maybe, yeah, I did. But I think one thing that I really am taking away was that I reminded myself that like, it can be really, it's so crazy to be like, it's really hard and challenging. And it's like, you're just on a TV show, but it's very like emotional and you get so invested and um, it's a lot to deal with. And it's a lot emotionally. And it's like, you're so you're emotionally exhausted, you're physically tired. And um, I think I reminded myself that like in those moments that I feel uncomfortable or I don't know if I can do it, that I can push forward and that like I 
I am sometimes stronger than I think, which is a crazy, beautiful thing to say, but insane to say about a TV show about going to Mars. Absolutely. It's too honest. Does this make you want to go to the real Mars? I mean, you know, people you hear, it's like a lot of people are trying to sign up for the actual... I couldn't be further away from the real Mars as we speak than now. You're going to pass. I'm going to pass. I don't think space is for me. I think I'm more of like a Earth guy. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that too. It's I just, yeah. it's too unknown for me. Well, it's also seven months to get there. So wow. you're traveling for seven months. I don't even like being on a flight for a few hours. Yeah, I don't I think realize. I'm going to be good. I didn't realize it took that long to get there. Mm-hmm. Oh That's yeah. Far. Forget that. Where do you think the media is now, you know, with, you know, the LGBTQIA world, you know, like that is one thing. I think that's why people flock to you because when you were at the Olympics, it was, I don't know if that was a conscious decision. If you're just like, this is me, but I think that is really kind of why people took to you is like, wow, this man is very comfortable with who he is and he's comfortable in his own skin. And, you know, lots of people don't get there. Where do you think like the media is now in terms of representation and uh, it's tough. It shouldn't be tough. Um, I know that when I went to the Olympics, I knew it was like my last and first Olympic experience. And I had tried to qualify twice before. So this was like my third time trying to make it to the Olympic team. And the second time the Olympics were in Sochi in Russia. And um, I was out to like my friends and my family and stuff, but I, there was this anti-gay propaganda law that like Russia put out right before the games. And I felt like maybe I should say something, maybe I shouldn't, and I never did, but I never qualified. And it always bothered me that I never said something when I felt like I should have, of just being an out athlete. And so a few years later, um, I came out publicly. And so I already was an out athlete a few years before heading into the um into the winter games in 2018 and so when I qualified it was just this like fact that I was the first openly queer person to qualify for um a winter games and so I didn't really think anything of it and I it wasn't something that I was trying to do um But I felt like, you know, I was 28. I was old enough to realize the responsibility. I I felt like I knew who I was. And that's what I focused on. I just focused on like, I know that like, I like me. And if somebody doesn't like me, it's that's on them. And so I can't control what other people might think. So I just really tried to focus inward. And I think that um, it, it, it in the media today, I think that we're so lucky that there are a lot of really incredible role, incredible LGBTQ plus role models out there who um, are in entertainment, who are influencers, um, you know, who are actors. And I think that this generation coming up have so much access to so many different people and so much information that, um, you know, Gen Z is just they're insane. And they will take over the world and they're like the most accepting generation. And I think that we're in good hands. I think that's a good way to put it. 
Because it feels scary now that, like, you know, the pride display is being taken down from a Target because some crazy person is making a video of, you know, throwing signs down. And it's just, it's, it's scare tactics and it's distractions from, like, what really needs to get done in government and like in legislation and 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 for like lgt lgbtq plus progress um but i think that like what we should really focus on is like the people who are doing really good work because those haters they'll they'll go away and hate really it never wins it has moments where it feels like it's speaking very loudly but it, in the end it never wins yeah i was just at the glad awards two weeks ago and it was kind of the same thing. It was like, man, there's a lot going on, things I didn't even know about. And then you're like, but listen to these stories and it's it's all going to be okay. Because it was a lot of like Gen Zers and like the next generation. And you're like, it is will be okay. They're like, they don't take bullshit. And so like, it's pretty much over for these hoes, as they say. I I hope so. Before we wrap up, you know, you have your own podcast from one podcast host to the next. Like, what do you love about being a podcast host and having a podcast these days? Well, one, I have um, an incredible co-host. Her name is Danielle Young. She's fabulous. And, um, you know, I I loved doing the podcast. One, I can do it from home, which I love anything that you can do from home as you who has a beautiful fig behind you. And... um, I love the fig. It's fantastic. Everyone comments. I'm in, I'm in the Hamptons. That's where I am in the summer. And it's, this tree seems to be everyone's favorite. I'm like, man, I should just have this stay here full time. You should travel with it for sure. Seriously. Um, but yeah, I love, I love doing podcasts and I love like, um, you know, we have really great conversations with Danielle and, um, you know, our podcast is called normalize this and we do it with, uh, Spring Hill and we just have great conversations. We talk about different things, like should we normalize them, or, or you know, and and should we destigmatize them? And so we have a lot of fun, really good conversations. I've said that twice already, but I mean it. They are good. It's great. People need to listen if they're not. Mm-hmm. And anything else you want to cover that I didn't bring up? I like to give people a chance at the end. You know, everyone needs to watch Stars on Mars. Yeah, I think you've done an excellent job of covering everything. And yeah, everybody, you need to tune in to Stars on Mars. It starts on June 5th on Monday. So it's uh, coming up. It's going to be great. And before we leave, just question, where do you keep your mirror ball trophy? It's right there. Right behind me. Yeah. Smaller, right? Is it small? Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah, it's not as, as big as you might think, but it gets the job done. I'm not knocking the mirror wall trophy, okay. something I will never I have. I, you could put me on Dancing with the Stars and give me like two people in the competition and I would probably not win. So I am not knocking your accomplishments. <laughs> Please, you can do whatever you want. I just didn't see it there, but it's it's it does the trick. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Everyone needs to watch Stars on Mars. It's going to be great. I'm wishing you luck. I hope you go far in the competition and I will be thank watching you. and come back anytime. And thank you for doing this. It's my pleasure. Thanks, David. Take care. Bye, Adam. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews 
actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.